welcome to episode 340 of the Chamberlain Chance and Alex podcast. Really the only resource you need for video game and entertainment news. There's nothing else to know. It saves so much time. We consolidate everything into a neat hour and a half package. You can That's consume right. once a week. And if you don't care what we're enjoying lately, just skip like the first half hour. You'll get right to headlines. <laughs> no, we have we had an assignment for today, though. We There's did. an actual discussion to be had at some well, point today. Do we, do we want well, Let's not have that discussion hell of a, hell of a right hell of a hell of a and it to is. tease the listener with what it is, um, we've decided we're we're each uh, deciding on our Mount Rushmore of horror. So that's four, right? There's four faces. Four, in Rushmore. four faces. I yeah. apologize for the blatantly American reference, but three was not enough, and five was too many. So yeah. Um, so so we'll get into that. But uh, what have we been playing this week, gentlemen? Ah, uh, sadly, well, a lean buffet of JRPG. Oh. On, on your you, Steam you, Deck, you, on imagine. my Steam Deck, yes, you imagine correctly. It's twelve, right? Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy twelve. It Zodiac. just got it. It will always get its hooks in me. Like the first couple hours are just not that great, and then it gets a little better consistently over ten hours. Three, if you fast forward through most of it, like I am doing. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not gonna, not gonna lie, the fast forward made it better. The fact that you can just basically blink and, you know, grind for in five minutes what would used to take like an hour and a half, that has made this game infinitely more enjoyable. It's still fun. It's still fun to play. I forget how it begins. You Does it start with Han Solo guy and Bunny Lady doing something? No, that's like that doesn't happen until like ten hours in. Oh, okay. Um, like you it starts on the night getting framed for murdering the Emperor. And then that, then like the brother of the guy who ends up being Luke, sort of like dying Wait, in a when war. When is the worst of a main character? Game he's he's awful, introduced? but he looks cool. He, he's immediate. He is immediate. Is he first? Okay. Yeah. 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 You hey, run around. You run yelling that you're Bosch. Bosch von Rotzenberg. Bosch von Rotzenberg. Yeah. Hi, Captain Bosch. God. You can turn I the see voices the off. I can't remember any characters besides him. And then the two, oh, the, the Han Solo the character. Best. There's, there's him. There's Han Solo. There's Fran, and Fran's there's the Penelo. Yeah. Penelo, yeah, you got it. Is it the mage? Mm-hmm. And then there's Ash, the queen. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I ever got Ash in my party. Mind-boggling how long this game is. Like this is a game that got. It's like everything you heard they deleted from Bioshock Infinite. They managed to put yeah. it all in the game. Like, you're just constantly tripping over bosses that must have taken months to put together. Like, just hours and hours and hours. Well, of there's an intricacy, intricacy, there was a time when amount of content was, to this that was, a, you, was a big part of a game's um, value. Right, yeah. There's an intricacy to just the length of this game that we will never see again. Well, I don't know. We'll see what Rockstar does next. <laughs> I mean, I guess that. Maybe they're the only ones that can. But, like, it's just, it's still beautiful, and it runs. Can or so feel good. compelled to. <laughs> Uh, I'm at the point where, like, all the enemies will drop, like, high-stakes slot, like, equipment. Like, equipment worth tens of thousands of gil. Like, change the way you're going to play this, the rest of the game kind of loot. It gets really fun after that. How often do you find yourself redoing your, um, not command, what are the commands called? Um, gambits. Gambits? Is that what it is? Often, gambits, not yeah. often at all. I got a good setup. Okay. Basically, like, if anyone goes up below 60%, cure wave, and I'm almost set. Hmm, okay. Um, 
Zodiac for the Age. listener, what mm. this means is you can program Final Fantasy XII basically to play itself for you, and you never have to make decisions in combat. That's not true. Well, you don't have to, is what I'm saying. You can set up the gambits. You can set it up towards basically like slots, but it looks like Final Fantasy, and you can just make a decent gear decisions. And like the party mix-up for Zodiac Age, I thought was pretty interesting. Like everyone can have like a kind of magic and a physical class, and it it's just it's it's nice. Like the the weapons are different. They do different things. If you have a lot of like birds in this one area, you might want to switch to magic and arrows. If you have a bunch of like bombs, you might just want to switch to like something up close that kills them before they can explode. It's uh, there's it asks you to do things, and there's a, once or twice is a hoop to jump through, and the bosses may make you slow down and think. And there's a lot of little fun puzzles in it. I am jealous of your capacity to enjoy a colossal game in the same way that I enjoy like um, Hyperlight Drifter or Darkest Dungeon, right? I wish I could go back to Darksiders and really enjoy it. Me again. too. I can't. I wish I could finish it. I can never finish Darksiders 2. There's a what? lot to go through there. Yeah, you Darksi- never finished Darksiders 2? No, I have. Ever. But like recently, oh, okay. like the you last couple of years, it's like I know everything kind of goes to shit after this dungeon, and I don't know. I don't want to see it again. Lots <laughs> memories to remain good. <laughs> I, just like, I just like seeing that... The, those little slivers of endgame content, like, now we're going to spend 10 minutes in hell, now we're going to spend 10 minutes in heaven. Okay, game over. Um, <laughs> the Do you remember the capital city from that game? Uh, wasn't... Are you talking about the... No, I don't. Where, like, people are so rich, like, money has become so meaningless, they all trade favors instead of cash. Are we talking about Darkseid? No, we're talking about Final Fantasy twelve. Okay, no, no, I've never played that fucking game. Um, it's... Maybe the I, best I played, city like, they three ever hours of it and was like, this is stupid. I don't like this. Oh, I love it that. It's just another Final Fantasy to me. It's my it's my favorite Final Fantasy, right next to nine. I know. God, I you, love it. You replay it like at least once a year, I'd say. Every two like, years, I think. I don't know. It feels like it feels like more often than that to me. Then that's, that's how long we've been doing this. That's all. That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and I may need to look into that. But also, <laughs> I think that's more about me. <laughs> Final Fantasy thirteen is just kind of kind of dry toast. Now, are you playing thirteen or thirteen two? Thirteen. Okay. I've never done it. 13 is very linear drive. 13 is a hallway. 13 is a hallway. And I think I'm making decisions, but I'm not sure. There is not a man or woman alive who can explain to you the plot of 13. I'm already concisely. so confused. Yeah, there, there's Lassie and CL, and we're CL now. And uh, we got to do what LC says, right? Half of it's the naming conventions. Half the stuff sounds like it's really close to the same thing, but it's not. Yeah. Here's a bunch of made-up words. you got to figure out what they mean. Go. <laughs> at least at least make the made-up words distinct. Use yeah. more syllables. I don't know, but... Yeah. 13-1. I actually played all three of the 13s. That's <laughs> all the way through? That, Fascinating. All the way through. I finished all three of them. That's insane. Well, are there any I of think, them that you actually recommend? I like 13-3. 13, 13, three. Three? Really? 13-3. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't finish it, but of the three, I liked it best. It's a little more action-oriented. Lightning is almost a character now. Um, and there's so the much you can character. do with it. Like you can switch your like between three different specs in the middle of a yeah, fight. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Like that 13, aspect of it was thirteen cool. three is is kind of like ten two to ten. This it's like it it, <laughs> it just does stuff. No, ten two is good, and don't you say anything bad about ten two. It's just the names it. of these games. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah, it's well, a, it it is a bizarre thing to hear if you didn't understand JRPGs. Yeah, but, yeah, but the naming conventions for the Final Fantasy core series are infinitely better than Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. Oh, which is no. also Squeenix, but better. I'd rather have 12-2. Okay. 
then Final Fantasy XII Birth by Memories, or whatever. Dream by Sleep. Re, re, Dream, no, Dream Drop Distance, I know, was one. Ah, jeez. God, it's, it's painful. No, don't. Kingdom Hearts, just talking about the names will give you a, a headache. It's not It's not worth doing. It's it's like one executive took out his, his like edgelord notebook of band names he wrote when he was like 11. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is the next one. <laughs> Is it 38 2, 356 and 2? There's know. there's one that yeah. sounds like a Rush album. Yeah. Or a Tool song. They're all pretty bad. Um, I've been plucking away Darkest Dungeon, and remember Darkest Dungeon 2. And remember how I said the uh, the Warrens were like extra... Uh, you, you could just go into it to get yourself some extra mastery points before you go to the next area mm-hmm. and clear the next area. It's like a, an optional additional area to get even stronger. And I think it doesn't... It doesn't count as his own. But you don't know. I tested it. Ah. It doesn't count as his own. Wow. Like, I got to, I was, I had just cleared, you know, Area 3, and I, we were about to go into Area 4, but one of the options was the Warrens. So I went into the Warrens, came out of the Warrens, I still had the option to do Area 4. And then I, I just finished that run just now. and started a new one. What do you think? With the Warrens? Darkest Dungeon 2? I fucking love it. I can't stop. It's pretty like, great. It's, it's like you with Final Fantasy, yeah. But no, I, I've been playing yeah, that a little bit too, just grinding out. I hope Candle's getting a little bit better every time. Have you unlocked all your abilities for your heroes? No, I've, I've barely that, gotten one or two. That's the big one, is is hitting those shrines and unlocking the abilities. Because then you can really start making some choices. Play Grenade alone yeah. opens so much. Oh, yeah. But uh, for me, actually, it's one of the later ones for Plague Doctor. He eventually gets one... I forget what it's called, but basically he does a light uh, burn effect on everyone. Like, everyone. The entire enemy line. Oh. Um, it doesn't count as something to be dodged for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it does. No, it does. It does use up dodge tokens if they're on the enemy. And it clears corpses. Clears corpses, so, you say? Yes. So it's it's a really, really big ability to have. And because it is kind of so powerful, you can't just spam it every turn. It's got like a three-turn cooldown on it. Yeah, was a... Yeah, but that one is big. And then he gets a heal that when on on its first iteration, it heals 10% plus 10% for every positive token on the hero. And when you master it, it's 10% for every positive token plus 10% for every negative token. So a man-at-arms can, um, or a hellion can do her shout. And uh, a taunt token is, is, is counted as a negative token. Hmm. And then, bam, there's, you know, 30% of a hellion's health right there on a heal. <clears throat> just with two tokens makes a big difference the depth of that game is terrifying what? <laughs> I, I don't know Alex would you agree with that the de- mm. I'm not sure about depth like there's a lot to learn about it but there's not Breath, as much maybe <laughs> <clears throat> um it, well, there, okay, there, there are a lot of intricacies in how abilities work, and I'm still learning new stuff now. Like, in the past two weeks, I learned that if you upgrade... I never use ranged options on my uh, my high women, but he's got a pistol shot, and it's just a relatively weak attack well, that can hit anywhere in the enemy line except the first one. But... But if an enemy has a combo token exactly. on them, and you're <laughs> using level two of pistol shot, mm-hmm. it will stun them. Yes. Man at Arms has an ability that if he's uh, if he's further back in the ranks and an enemy has a combat token on him, you upgrade that skill. He rushes forward to the first position, locks himself in the first position, and if they have a combo token on them, it's a it's a chance for a stun. 
Um, and But those strategies don't open up until you spend those mastery tokens in them. And if you're spending mastery tokens and abilities that have crowd control like that, you're not spending them in your big damage abilities. Which, like, if I don't have that big... Uh, six damage over time ability on plague doctors like why are you even playing plague Doctor? exactly yeah it's great there, you, there's a lot to learn but it doesn't feel like there's as much to learn as the original game in the original no. game there were so many curios that you're always coming across and each of them had a correct way to interact with them. but also like when do you give up on someone when is it better to fire a guy than keep him on the team and it's just like i hated that part he's like these these guys are my bros i want to stick with them and it forces you to give up people too quickly and i hated that what I didn't like about Darkest Dungeon One was the roster size. Yeah, you, too, the roster too many size was people. no, no, there's not enough. What? Okay. I don't mean there's too many different classes. I mean you could only have like I think thirty or forty um, heroes, and so I would have like some level ones, almost none in the mid ranks to attempt mid rank dungeons, and then I would have a ton of level sixes. Um. And I always wanted, I always wanted to have like be able to bring people in and always have a team that I could send into a mid rank dungeon if I wanted that trinket that was being offered as a reward for it. And sometimes you just don't have the people. Um, that limitation really bothered me in the first one. And the fact that you're limited to just these four guys for this one run in Darkest Dungeon Two, I feel like Darkest Dungeon Two has the capacity to get boring faster than Darkest Dungeon One. Maybe, but I still. Can't stop playing. I know, and I feel like we've only seen like one of four acts. It looks like, uh, or five. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, like I feel like we. But, but what what was the difference between Act One and Act Two beyond the final boss? Can you tell any difference? Well, there's an Act Two already. Well, yeah, it's in. Oh, okay. It's just the final boss. Then never mind. Yeah, the only thing that changes is the final boss, and I don't think I've beaten the Act Two final boss yet. Interesting. Yeah, it was really hard. Hmm. <laughs> what, what is what is it this time? We had a evil brain, and now what? It's a horrible set of lungs. Ah, it's a body um, still. Yes, and um, and it sits in the middle ranks, and behind it is this little fleshy thing, and in front of it is a little fleshy thing, and one of those little f- fleshy things will start doing, um, start like casting an ability at the beginning of every round, and you have to beat that thing down by like ten percent of its health before it'll stop casting that thing. And then you can spend any remaining uh, hero turns you have this turn actually dealing damage to the boss. And if you don't hit that thing, the boss is just going to one-shot your team. Oof. It's really frustrating. That sucks. <laughs> I kind of hope. And it takes, what, 45 minutes to get to him? Uh, probably an hour. Well, no. I would say, like, just doing a region is an hour, usually. Uh, certainly the late regions are at least that long. Um, so I would say if you're trucking um, two hours tops oh, or two hours at least, that's, maybe three. That's a big buy-in for a one-shot one one. one I, even if you get, oh. even though you get your candles, that's still pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, you do get to keep all your candles, but yeah, it's it's a little overtuned for me right now. And I'm like, you know, the big darkest dungeon guy I should be able to do this. No, I can't do this. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even try. I get to the third, uh, I, or I get to the final in, and I'm like, okay, let's cash in these candles. Let's There's make no fucking way. Stronger. No way in hell. Yeah, I just don't want to burn time doing it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> all these guys will probably die. And if when I get to there, when I get there with a team that I'm feeling confident about, like that team where I had this like godly jester, yeah, I'll do it again. I'll, I'll give I'll give it a shot. But I haven't felt that confident yet. Because you know he's there waiting for you. 
Actually, I'm so intimidated by it that I've started doing the first uh, the first chapter again. Because apparently you can unlock... Okay, so remember how you can spend candles on these things that for this run, for example, in this run I just started before we started recording, um, I gave my tank plus 10% um, stress resist, and I gave my, uh, my high woman plus 3% crit, and I had to spend like two candles each to give them that. There's another, like, five slots per hero you can unlock for those. Jeez. So potentially you could get out of, you know, you could get out of a run with 100 candles or 75 candles, whatever you get for beating a game, and then maybe just pour it all into these and have, like, super buffed up heroes ready to go into the next run. Um, but again, you unlock those additional windows by beating the game <laughs> with them. And I haven't yet, so. It takes it's, a pretty, it's a pretty nifty little carrot there. For beating the game, though. Yeah, yeah, it makes me want to try. It's a good progress bar. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been doing there, man? Uh, I finished up Plague Tale Requiem, and it has not been out long enough for me to spoil the end, but let me see. suffice it to say, it's very sad. Aww. Um, that it, sibling dies. I like that sibling. Um, I can either confirm or deny that, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty sad. It... As it goes on, it keeps trying to go bigger, and I don't know if bigger necessarily fits with what the game does, gameplay-wise. You end up with some larger areas that are... Because the first game was very directed levels, very directed sales, very directed action. Like, here are the set pieces, you're moving from point A to point B, off you go. It's telling a story. And this one, it makes an attempt in some areas to give to, to throw larger areas at you. But the problem with that is because of the way stealth works, if you get seen, you might as well restart from the last checkpoint. Okay. Because you can't fight them off, or you have one knife that you can fight them off with. But how you know, long? Is, how long is the last checkpoint? Uh, it's usually not very far away. You usually okay. don't lose that much thing. So it's, it's a lot of extra trial and error. At one point, you do have a companion, so you usually have a third person with you. Um, sometimes it's the kid who's a alchemist from the first game. You meet. A soldier who accompanies with you, who he actually could kill guys hand to hand. So if you if you're fighting multiple guys, you can just point at somebody else and say, "Go kill this guy," and he will take care of it for you, which makes combat much more fun. Um, you know, there's also a pirate woman who you come across, run across who sticks with you for a good chunk of the game, and she's really cool. This all she, sounds neat. She actually spends a lot of time calming Amicia and Hugo down because they kind of fight and then they get depressed, and, and 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 she's like, "Would you knock it off? Come on, let's go. Let's take care of what needs to be done." So it goes into a lot of history of what the macula is and where it happened and how this is not the first time that a child has had the macula. The macula is a disease that Hugo has that gives him control over the rats and summons the rats and stuff like that. It also goes into how Hugo, this is mild spoilers here, at the beginning of the game, someone tells you Hugo's going to die. The macula is going to kill him. And they're sad. And he has a dream of a cure. And this is how they get to the specific island that they're trying to get to. They're following this dream he had. On this island, you discover that this happens to be where the last child who had the macula was from. And you learn that whenever there's a carrier, there's also a protector, usually a family member, who feels compelled to protect whoever has the child that has the macula. And the last one died when they separated the two. Ooh. And that caused some ridiculous plague several hundred years ago. So they realize, you know what? Hugo's not going to die. We just need to stay together. But, of course, what doesn't happen? (laughs) 
So I, I will not spoil the end for it. Um, it does have a, a little absolutely meaningless post-credit tag where there's, it sounds like a more modern-day hospital, and then a child's hand comes out, a baby's hand comes out from underneath a blanket, and it has the macula vein on the hand, and it does a rat noise. So it's like them saying, we can make another one modern day. Please don't. Don't. Part of the reason this works know, is that the sounds whole, cool. I, I don't know. I. You think it's done? I think it's probably done. Mm. I think this is time for them to do something else. It, it, it's, it got itself to a, a natural conclusion mm-hmm. of where it is because of who's left alive and who is not. And as often happens when I finish a game that I really enjoy, I have a really hard time sitting down with something else. Yeah. So I bounced off a bunch of shit. Well, hang on, hang time, on. Out of 10, what would you give it? Um, this Because it it's sounds solid, like an 8. It's an 8, yeah. You are right. Okay. It's an 8. Okay. It's, a, it's an 8 because I mean, storytelling-wise, voice acting-wise, visually there are a number of times where I would come around a corner and there'd be mountains in the distance. And you could watch the shadow of the clouds going over the mountains as they went between you and the sun. I do like that. And it just I would stop and go, damn, that looks nice. <laughs> But it it has some mechanics issues, and it overreaches its mechanics a couple of times. But no, it's a solid eight out of ten. It's a good game. It's good stuff. Uh, bounce off a bunch of stuff, and you know, I said, decided, you know what? It is time to play some Overwatch. Oh, no. And before I before you get mad at me, chance the idea of playing with you, I find terribly intimidating oh. because I will the, shout the out like Golf Mercy between, One, Mercy One. The gulf between your skill and my skill is so far Aww. that we wouldn't even be playing the same game. You don't know that. So I, I, I loaded up on Xbox, and it somehow linked accounts. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this happened. It just did, so I had all the characters. Sat down, and because I hadn't played a lot, all I had access to me was quick play. There was no, no comp. I had, to, I had to win 50 quick play games to actually unlock anything. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it was all right. It's just, maybe because I'm playing in quick play, there was just kind of random stuff, but I just rolled in there with my Bastion, who I think is not very good now, I swear. Although I swear there's a Bastion in every team, but his ult kind of sucks. No, Bastion is quite strong now. His ult is only really good when paired with another ability. Like, imagine, okay, imagine there's a Junker Queen on the enemy team, and, you know, she's running around, and you you drop your uh, mortar shells all around her, but she just walks out of the way. You can do that. Yeah, there like it, there, you have a moment when the uh, when the indicator appears on the ground. Let's just get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. But what if your Anna landed a sleep dart on her? Yeah, now you can just bomb the shit out of her. Oh, boom, and then you you will instantly kill her. Um, so as a combination ability, it's huge. That Go kind on. of stuff doesn't happen in quick play, though. <laughs> yeah, it hundred percent does. Maybe it doesn't happen at your, uh, you know, didn't happen by groups. But I did notice that there's almost always a bastion. <laughs> yes, he's very popular this week. Have you played Overwatch? Oh. You gotta go. Oh. Wedding stuff calls. Okay. Okay, please. Um, please, and please return you have a moment. If you're able. Yeah, return is able or email me your picks. Email me your picks. Alright, cool. Say up. Or better yet, come back, Alex. Yeah, that works too. Okay. Alright. I know how that works. Yeah. Wedding stuff kind of creeping up on you like that. Yeah. I was, quick story for that. When my wife and I were engaged, I had a semester left in college. Went off on band tour where she stayed making arrangements. And I was, I don't even know where I was. Where I call her from the airport somewhere. And I find out, oh, the uh, the hall we booked closed down and we're not getting a deposit back. Whoa. <laughs> so I immediately 
like sat down at a bar in the restaurant and had a most expensive Roman Coke I've ever had in my life, but I needed it so bad. Um, anyway, hopefully Alex comes back. But did, yeah, I, I hmm? what did you, how did you resolve it? We didn't get our money back. Well, I get that, but how did you resolve the fact that you now don't have a venue? That's we no... booked another one. Oh, okay, this was it was still a year out from the oh from the wedding, so it wasn't it wasn't that bad. It was bad enough that we lost the money, but not so bad that we couldn't find a new place. How much was the deposit? Uh, a couple grand. It was bad. It was real bad. It's a pretty good but list from Alex. We'll come back to that. Alex sent us um, his list. I saw, I saw. Um, but yeah, so I played a little Overwatch. It was okay. It was all right. I did find out very quickly that um, you have your success when you're just sitting by the tank. Just hide by the tank. Mm. At least I did. Because then I could literally okay. like hit people from around the tank. <laughs> like um, if there's a roadhog, I would just you know yes. hang up by the roadhog. He'd hook somebody. I would shoot the shit out of him while he's hooking him and they're dead. Yes. Um, but that's that's like a fundamental aspect of Overwatch is group up. Yeah. Group the fuck yeah. up. Don't trickle in. My older brother, uh, our team will wipe, and he will use his ultimate on, uh, by himself against the enemy team. And I'm like, <laughs> why would you do that? And then I watch him die, and I'm like, thanks so fucking much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then you're uh, waiting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm constantly spamming fallback group up, because that's really all you got to do. Just go in with your guys, and, you know, maybe you'll win, maybe you won't. But if you go in two at a time, you definitely won't. Yeah. Um, the big change for Bastion, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, he can move while he's in turret. The lack of self-heal hurts. The lack of self-heal on Bastion is a colossal change for the character. It makes it far easier to engage him on your own. Um, if you engage Bastion on, on his own and he doesn't have a healer around, he's probably going to die. He's unless, slow. He's unless slow he's in a, shit. Oh, no, he's not any slower than anyone else. Um, he just, sure, I he's, swear he's got a slower run speed. No, I it swear just, he does. When you're a larger character, it feels that way. Because, like, a Roadhog moves at the same speed as Bastion moves at the same speed as Anna, but Anna is a tiny little character model, and you're closer to the ground, so it feels faster. Bastion mm-hmm. is actually quite tall, so is Roadhog, so they feel slower as they walk up. Okay. So did you win any? Uh, we won a couple quick matches, yeah. I got I had no plays of the game, but I won a couple quick matches. I got to play the game on Tracer last night. Oh, you got to, got to play some Tracer. Nice. Yeah, I'm, and I'm always flexing. Like, that's all I do. So nine times, well, probably 19 times out of 20, I'm just playing support. And it only calls me up for DPS when there's like a fucking Grandmaster on the enemy team. <laughs> or someone definitely using a mouse. It drives me crazy. Um, I should just play play dps and see you know and perhaps some easier games because they always give me like the challenge games on so we were playing nepal so that's like a king of the hill map and we're really getting our ass kicked by these guys but i'm not doing terribly i'm i'm actually getting picks i'm opening up a lot of space for the team and anytime i get an opportunity to one-on-one anyone on the enemy team i'm just kicking the shit out of them and the enemy team really didn't like me. Like, they were winning, but they also felt the need to teabag me anytime they killed me. <laughs> so I think that says that, like, they're at least annoyed by me. They've acknowledged your presence now as an yes. individual threat. Yeah, yes. that, I'm, that I am kind of... I am threatening, and that's a big... Um, that's a big <laughs> ability to be able to gain that kind of space in the enemy's mind in Overwatch. Um, and so play the game was like I had just one-clipped their Baptiste... And then I killed one of the DPS that uh, was teabagging me. And then I pulse bombed the other DPS that was teabagging me. Yes. We still lost the game, but getting play of the game 
and <laughs> the fact that it didn't go to their bastion or their junk rat felt fucking awesome. They just had to look at you doing something cool. <laughs> yeah. I also had I also had a really good play on Zarya last night. I actually put it up on YouTube. Uh, no, it was. I night, saw that one. Yeah, it was the Stuffing night before last alt. night. Yes. Yeah. The the enemy, the Junker Queen's alt is a huge alt, and what she does is she goes time for a rampage, and then she swings her axe like in front of her, like a. I don't know, she spins it in front of her, and then she just zooms forward into the enemy team, creating this uh, huge area of damage. And when that thing hits you, it does, like, I don't know, 50 damage or something, and it uh, it gives you anti-heal, so you can't be healed for, like, the next five seconds. Oof, okay. That ultimate wins team fights. period. Because you can't save people outside of, like, a Baptiste Lamp or a Kuriko... Um, protection Suzu, there's nothing that will wipe that. Maybe a Zarya bubble. There's very little that will save you from anti-heal. And while you're anti-healed, people will just kill you because you can't be healed. So it's mm-hmm. huge. So this enemy, uh, this enemy Junker Queen, my timing was perfect. She groups up with two of her teammates, swings her axe backwards as Junker Queen, and I fire my ult at her as Zarya, which keeps her and her entire team in place for the next two and a half seconds. <laughs> so her ult is just nothing happens with it and just bleeds away yeah none of my dps shot them so we didn't get any kills out of it their kuriko protection suzu them, so they didn't take any damage but they didn't kill us with it it was good it was a good play <laughs> that was nice um i did make it back to black book a little bit oh okay um i figured out the i had an uh, auto save far enough back from the fight that i was stuck on that I could kind of redo that portion of the day and rebuild my deck. I had to completely rebuild my deck from the ground up to beat this one boss. And then I just kind of went back to the deck I had before, which is well, fine. Welcome back, Mr. McCray. Yes, that didn't take up nearly as much time as I thought it'd be. Yeah. Sweet! Yeah. Has, has money been... Has, is, we're okay? Everything's good. Wants? We're going to have... We, uh, we didn't have a photographer for the rehearsal dinner. My mom wanted a photographer for the rehearsal dinner, but then... Uh, basically, we got our photographer to do both things. Sweet. And it all it cost us was six hundred dollars. Anyway, uh, yeah, ah, uh, not my six hundred dollars. No, no. When Chamberlain was getting married, the venue that they booked for their wedding closed down between the reservation and the wedding. Yeah, we lost our deposit. Our bakery, our bakery did the same thing. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. No deposit. Right. No, we got our money back, but it's just like oh, short notice. Yes. Right. The good news is, Publix makes damn good cake. Nice. They really do. Honestly, they, they might be superior too. and much cheaper, and that's kind of... Anyway, it's kind of why they went out of business, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, but Black anyway, book. yeah, I had to completely rebuild my deck to build the one, and then I just kind of turned around and... Are we building, what are we building decks in? Black, oh, Black, Black book. book. I got back to Black Book. Mm-hmm. Which game from last week? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's still good. It's still good. I, I mean, what I there are some... Like, you have side characters, and you end up going on basically a quest with a side character to improve their ability. And the fights in there, there's usually only one fight, and they're usually a puzzle. Like, you've got four rounds of these specific cards to do it, and they suck. So I I like everything else about this game. I just look up the answers to those because I just I want the bonus and I want to go back to my deck. I hate that kind of challenge in those games. Yeah, it doesn't... They're not fun at all. I don't know why they're in there. Um, but thankfully, the game's been out for a year, so all of them are completely solved. They're like, play this card, this card, and this card, and move on. So, <laughs> Yeah, I would do that, too. Yeah, no, I don't enjoy those. I'd get those done and go back Ooh. to the rest of it. Someone texted so. me. What? What? Who knows? What? Who would have the gall to? My brother. 
I told him <laughs> yesterday it's podcast night. You can play Overwatch later. <laughs> I, know, I know. That's what I'm telling him. So well, are you, are you stuck on that now? In, um. Uh, yeah, I've got I've I've got that, and then New Tales from the Borderlands just arrived, disc wise, and I know it's bad, but I'm gonna give it a shot anyway. We'll see what happens. There, but for the grace of God, go I. I uh... Yeah. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll take that bullet because the disc is already here, so we'll give that a shot. I told you not Honestly, to believe I'm, in it. I'm I'm just treading water for two weeks until God of War. God of War. Yes, and apologies yeah, for the timing. I had no idea. <laughs> It's all right. It's not. You know it's actually kind of blocked. <laughs> I'll enjoy but, it for both of them. Yeah, see, now there, there's the baked-in advantage. There, there's I've my... Booked some yeah. time, I've booked some time off that week. Engagement that present to you, close. David. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you get to play it before either of us. Well, well, well I, you know, I have stuck pretty much closely to my preferred games. I have watched a shit ton of stuff. Me as well. So, Alex, go first, please. Okay. Did I tell you about The Sinner last week? The Sinner. No, but I've seen that. Okay, but... it was a Jessica Biel vehicle. Bill, Bill yeah. Pullman as a grizzled detective solving a fucked up case. Right. It's that not makes... bad. It's pulpy, but it's a high fibrous pulp. Committed yeah. performances, a script that, you know, says obvious shit like, I'll tell you everything and get some sleep. And that kind of shit. But, like, it's, it's, it's a decent mystery. Little out there, but still plausible enough. It's like a, uh, I don't know if that's mean or not, but it's the closest the USA Network, the guys who did Monk, it's closest they could get to True Detective. And you know what? It's not bad. It's not bad. In fact, season two is, I would say, honestly, pretty good. Hmm, Bill Pullman. Yeah, Bill Pullman's been being a uh, real grizzled and fun in this. <laughs> he's doing he's doing a Kurt Russell performance if that makes sense. He does, and he's really in, he's really endearing. Yeah. Okay, Jessica Biel is yeah. fine. Yeah, this is. It looks like she's not in that many episodes. No, she's she's she's, she's the second lead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. I would say it's pretty good. Okay. Go on. I've actually caught up on a lot of American Dad. Okay. The new season fun. finally dropped in the Hulu, and you know it's it's still it's goofy. It's interesting. It's not yeah. bad. If you ha- if you're not a fan yet, you're not gonna be. But it's more consistent than The Simpsons. The characters still feel like themselves. Mm. Did no, you I- see the trailer for the new Simpsons Halloween? Uh, I saw like a clip of the Death Note, and I'm like, I'm yes. so going to enjoy this. That actually looks really like, good, really good. Like, yes, it does. <laughs> an anime version of Lisa with a vision, if that makes sense. And uh, the anime version of Homer and Marge, I think, look fucking awesome. Yeah, it really look good. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm actually hyped to see that. I, I That's a really neat interpretation of Homer. I hope the problem it is it's going to be like six on... minutes long because it's just one section. Yeah, of it sucks. So. The Coraline one they did a while back was really good. It was a while. Yeah. Tis the season to rewatch some Treehouse of Horrors. That's true. If only there was I some... really appreciate that playlist on um, Disney+. Plus. It saves time. Yeah, but I hate that it just you can't autoplay to the next episode. You have to back out to ah. the playlist, move. It's like, I know, it's fucking weird. That's dumb. All right, I else? just want to go find Don't Blame Me. I voted for Kodos. <laughs> 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 what else you got, Alex? Um, What else did I watch? Um... 
House of Dragons still too boring to get into. House of Dragons? Yeah. Did you watch the last episode? I I'm like halfway through episode seven. I don't know if I can keep going. Here's the th- here's my problem, is that last episode was actually pretty fucking good. Was it worth it? Ma- uh no. No, no, like, the whole season is still a lesser, uh, like, and I hate to keep comparing them, it's it's way lesser than Rings of Power to me, in every direction, pretty much. But at least by the end of the last episode, I really am rooting for Rhaenyra? Rhaenyra? The queen? Mm-hmm. The true queen? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually rooting for her. Uh, we really hate the Greens, and I, I want to see where this is going in Season 2. And cinematically, there were some awesome moments in the final episode. But it took so fucking long to the, get The there. dragon parts of the House of the Dragon was neat. I like the, the like the middle-aged dragons. There's a neat. Is that the coolest part of this fucking dragon show were actually the dragons? And I kind of hate that, like, the six-year-old in me is like, it's so big. <laughs> you know well, what's wrong with that it's a dragon dragons are cool i know but it feels like a shitty reason to like a show that let that i'm going to say again and i raised this last week is uh so cool with incest i don't like that i mean it, it feels like everyone's everyone's behavior in the show is abhorrent they're all they're pretty much all monsters. Yeah. Like, Rhaenyra is kind of not a monster, but she's also the incest queen. And that fucking bugs me, and it bugs me that it doesn't bug anyone else in the show. And it bugs me that it didn't bug the the writers at Cosmo. Get out of here. <laughs> we'll get to that in headlines. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, ew! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it um, feels like something that's like being... <clears throat> forced upon us like it keeps popping up in enough media areas to be Um, suspicious no i think okay it's it's something that exists and thus you know kind of can deserve to be commented i guess it you you take issue with how it's raised in rick and morty but again when it's raised in rick and morty it is at the very least they have the good sense to condemn it uh in house of the dragon that's not the case no it's just kind of like this is this is the normal yeah, well, we'll this we'll is just the way things are done and royalty. What else have you seen? <laughs> That's pretty much it. Then let me pull out my notes. Mm. <clears throat> the Stranger on Netflix. Oh, okay. I keep seeing ads for that. Is okay now. I, let me let me pull up the actors. Do you remember the bad guy from that Mission Impossible movie where, like, uh, Ethan Hunt is trapped in a music store listening room oh, and yeah. the bad guy kills a girl in front of Ethan Hunt and he's got a voice like this. He's got kind of a sharp little ferret nose and everything. That guy. That guy is a criminal, and he's on a bus with another criminal. And they don't, you know, say, hey, buddy, I'm a criminal. How you doing? They don't have any of that. But they just kind of know that they're both kind of living in low places. They both end up staying at the same hotel in Australia. And then the other criminal goes to the guy and says, uh, do, do you need some work? Because I know these guys, they got some work. They probably pay pretty well. And uh, he's introduced to this really clandestine and they take themselves really seriously a criminal organization and there's a guy that that he himself works with who you've you've already seen as the dad or the fbi agent in a lot of movies strong cast but i, I don't want to spoil too much but i don't think the movie is good enough that it matters that i'm about to spoil it 
every single fucking guy that guy meets is an undercover cop. <laughs> the entire organ, the entire criminal organization, are a group of undercover cops who are just trying to catch this one dude and get him to admit to something. Hang on a second. My cat was ripping a thing. And when that part is revealed, I'm like, well, this strains credulity. Mm -hmm. One child is abducted eight years ago, and, like, a police force of at least 50 full-time officers make it their full-time job to, um, to kind of manipulate a confession out of this one guy? Really? Does that... What was this again? Was the Watcher? Or the Sinner. Or no, uh, the, 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 sin. the Stranger. The Stranger. The Stranger. The Stranger. Does that not does that not strain credulity to either bit. of you? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, here's the thing. Based on a true story in Australia. Oh, nice. This mm. actually happened. And and so it also has kind of the moral implications of the Dahmer tapes or the Dahmer show lately, where it's uh, it's a piece of media that it doesn't feel to me that it's glorifying this killer or what happened to this kid at all. It is very much about <clears throat> showing the dedication of the officers and the damage that even just working on the case did to them. Um, and that aspect of it, I don't mind. But overall, it was just really slow-paced. Um, you kind of you kind of under, get to understand what's going on fairly quickly. And after that, it's just... I don't know. I didn't find it very entertaining. Hmm. It, mm. it was very, very somber... And it tried to have symbolism, but it actually didn't have any. Like, it was, it was <laughs> so, True Detective season two. I didn't watch season two. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I won't. Then I <laughs> I rented a movie that's like fifty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Bullet Train, starring Brad Pitt. Mm. It was fucking awesome. Okay. That was a lot of fun. If you just want like a fun movie night with some some well choreographed action, usually using a prop. Um, a lot of comedy, a lot of very strong performances. Let me bring up the... Who, uh, how, how much Brian Tyree Henry are we talking here? Um, okay, so he is always a... Uh, that's what I'm thinking of. Hang on. The, the guy from Atlanta. He, I don't... Yes, he's always a comic relief. And I'm pretty sure he was... Was he that recent Godzilla? Sandra Bullock is in this? What? Okay, just just wait. Godzilla. Yes, he was he was Bernie and Hayes in Godzilla vs. Kong. Too. Yes. He tends to I've only seen him in roles where his comedy is way over the top. And in this, he is permitted to be funny, but he's actually playing he's playing it more straight. But you know, he just happens to say funny shit a lot, just like every other character in the movie. It's a lot of comedy. Um Aaron uh, Aaron Taylor Thomas, I want to say. The guy who was uh, Kick-Ass. Oh, okay. Johnson, I think. Uh, where the fuck is No, the... Aaron Taylor Thomas. Where is the cast, IMDb? Go further down. There we go. Go further down. I yeah, know Aaron, what you're doing. Aaron Taylor yeah, Johnson. Taylor. Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson. is, uh, And they're both playing with like British ac accents and both having a lot of fun with it. Um, <laughs> you've, got, you've got some very strong Japanese actors in it. Um, and then, like halfway through, until the rest of the movie... People start getting revealed, and it's like, oh my god, it's Zazie Beats. Mm. Um, what was another one? Hang on, I wrote it down because <laughs> it was so it was so fun when these when these uh, Ryan Reynolds pops up for just this this blink and you'll miss it cameo, and it's like, oh that guy. 
And then at the end, Michael Shannon shows up. Yay. Alex. Yes. So this is this was a fun movie, and it was more fun to me than any of those um, any of those recent kind of pulpy Netflix. Action yeah, Hotel movies. Artemis bullshit. Nah, it was. I'd put it up there with Hotel Artemis. But you like Hotel Artemis? I liked Hotel Artemis. I don't know who doesn't. You got um, um, who is the main guy in Hotel Artemis? He's I don't so even good. remember. No, yes, you do because he is the um, he's like the little he's the little guy in the wall in Solar Opposites. The guy everyone calls as a hero, but he's like I'm not a hero. Um, Sterling Brown. Sterling K. Brown. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do like him. Sterling K. Brown is the main main guy in Hotel Artemis. The cast mm. of Hotel Artemis is very strong. Jodie Foster. Hotel yeah, Artemis. he's the best part of the best episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, that was. He, he's great in anything he's in. He was the best uh, host of Saturday Night Live I'd seen in years. Yep. Sterling K. Brown was fucking. That awesome. Shrek sketch is pretty damn good. Um. <laughs> uh. Then YouTube recommended. You know how I love Garfunkel and Oates. Yes. Uh, Kate McCucci and uh, Ricky Lindholm uh, as a folk comedy duo just singing up there, kind of like Flight of the Concords. Flo and Joan, I believe, are a pair of Australian women. And they've got like a half hour set that you can just find on YouTube of these ladies just singing funny songs that they've written. Mm-hmm. Definitely check it out if you like Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, I watched Men. What did you think of Men? Oh, the horror Men. What did yes. you think yes. of the... The guys, coming, uh, men coming out of the other men. I thought that was... I was trying to wrap my head around the symbolism of it. Because one of the first things that's said to our main character after the tragedy that drives her to this cabin in the wood or this beautiful house in the English countryside, uh, she takes an apple off a tree in the yard. Mustn't and do that. The, the symbolism of it is pregnant. And she walks into the house and he goes, and the guy goes, where'd you get that apple? And he goes, oh, I, I just took it off the tree in the yard. And she's already eating it. And he goes, mustn't do that. No, no forbidden fruit and so that's yeah. like blatantly on its face what they're talking about this movie is talking about original sin but i think what the movie and i kind of looked it up just to see what people were saying about it and what people what people agree it seems to be saying is that uh, original sin is blamed on women men's sins are blamed on women repeatedly i'm doing this because um you know ever since i saw you i've been infected with the lust virus or whatever that kind of shit. That's what men is saying, I think. Um, and then at the end, you see this horrible, deformed man creature. Like it's a monstrous thing. And then it lays down and gives birth to an identical, horrible man creature that comes for our heroine. But then it too lays down and gives birth to another horrible man creature that steps out and starts walking towards our heroine, which then gives birth to her husband who killed and himself then what at the beginning of the movie. Um, she kills him. Mm. Well, that's certainly what's implied to me, is that she's going to take this axe and, and finish the job. And then she survives. Like the, It shows her being fine afterwards um, when, her friend, when her friend comes by. So that's, that's kind of what it was about for me. And um, I don't... I, I've seen the actor before. The guy, though, the guy who plays every man he, in the village, he's, all over he's the chewing place. up. He is chewing it up. He's doing a great job. But it was more disturbing and thought-provoking than entertaining. It yeah, was a movie that, yeah. Yeah, it was a movie that you really kind of had to challenge yourself to watch and pay attention to as you watched it. Um, if you're looking for a movie to challenge you, 
check out men just be prepared for some gore and some and some uh, shock scares um alex have you watched any of cabinet of curiosities cabinet not of yet Horrors thing for netflix do you enjoy you, it you know how i constantly bring up an example of if you want a shitty episode of outer limits here's mm. this Alex, if you want the best six episodes of Outer Limits you've ever fucking seen. Oh, damn, really? Don't get my hopes up. Don't get my hopes up. Don't do that. Well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't want to get your hopes up, Alex. The first episode of of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, and I should mention that at the beginning of every episode, Guillermo del Toro comes out like Alfred Hitchcock to introduce the episode. It's good. Nice. It's about fucking time, honestly. And then, you know, like, the credits start rolling on the first episode, and he, along comes Tim Blake Nelson. Yay! Who carries the entire episode himself. Not a surprise. Um, uh, the next episode is, you, uh, you won't recognize the name, but you'll see his face. His name is David Hewlett. He's also very, very strong. The third episode, F. Murray Abraham. Yay! Um, Salieri. Um, Yes, Salieri. Um, I think of him as the old Zero from uh, Grand Budapest Hotel lately. I also think of him as the priest in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. And he is the core of this episode. He, he does a great fucking job with it. The third episode, or sorry, the fourth episode, Kate Micucci of Garfunkel and Oates. Fantastic. I know. Episode five in a supporting role, Crispin Glover. Oh, to let him out of and, his cage. I- Epis- I haven't heard of that name for a while. Well, there's six, a reason for that. He's Ru- not well. Rupert, Rupert Grint. Okay. Yeah. And Mania Vardalos from Big Fat Greek Wedding shows up in a, in a relatively small role. And I'm pretty sure DJ Qualls is this horrible little rat creature. Um, so, yeah, Cabinet of Curiosities. I think there's still two episodes to go. Um, I think. Hang on. I'll definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. Oh, um, the uh, Solar Opposites Halloween special was pretty good. I loved it. It made me want to go back and rewatch the Christmas special. Yeah, there's yeah. two more to go. There's going to be eight total. <sighs> yeah, and they're yeah. both coming out tomorrow, it looks like. It's been it's been really enjoyable. And a great little... I haven't watched the new Flanaganverse thing yet, but Cabinet of Curiosities definitely gives me the... I haven't heard bad things about it, but... Well, the reason I avoid it is just that I know that it's aimed at a younger audience. And so I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> but I think if I started watching it, I might dig it. Because goddamn, like, this guy did Midnight Mass, man. Yeah, he's Haunting kind of a... on my he's on my nice list for a good long while for that. Yeah, Hunting a Blind Manor. Like, I, I kind of, he's earned a little bit of trust. He's earned me. a miss. Yeah. And with that, let us continue our horror speak. Mm, and it I... is... Approximately four days until Halloween. Three, if you're listening to this tomorrow. And I say that because you're the one who challenged us to doing this, you got to go first. Yeah. All right. Fine. Your so top my four horror, movie, horror games. My uh, my definition for this for a game was a game that actually frightened me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was sitting there in my chair in the dark, scared me. Which unfortunately takes out most sci-fi horror because I just do not find sci-fi horror that frightening. Mm-hmm. Supernatural horror does it more for me. Mm. Um, I would like to throw out two um, honorable mentions for scary parts of non-horror games, that being the Shellbridge Cradle and Thief Dark Project and the Haunted Mansion. Oh, in, Thief Dark Project, yeah. Uh, and then the Haunted Mansion in Vampire the Masquerade Redemption. Both good, like, 45-minute horror sections in non-horror games that were just amazing. I think there's a pretty strong argument for The Last of Us somewhere in here as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. The Rat King? Yeah, there's... There, 
Yeah. Um. Well, just yeah, there's at a, least the lead so up many, to the Rat King. So many moments in both games are, are really yeah. strong contenders. Go on. Um, but for my number four, I'm going to break that sci-fi rule, and i got to throw Soma on there. Mm. And and Soma, not because of jump scares or mood scares, but Soma because it fucked with me intellectually. Yeah. What are you? Are you you? Are you a copy of you? Does it work that way? You know. Did you it, save humanity even? Um, kind of, but you're still there. It, you know. If if you're a copy of you, is it just a flip of the coin? Which one you are? I mean, Soma had some gameplay mechanic issues with it, but just the way it handled, you know, the the definition of self, it just messed with me. To this day, it messes with me. Like, you know, how do you know that you're you? What are you? You're 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 just your brain in a very squishy spacesuit. You know, what are you? So, Soma is is good, and I also. And in all seriousness, the bottom two spots are taken up by frictional games because Amnesia: The Dark Descent is my number three. Also, and Amnesia, yeah. that yeah, that is traditional like scary as shit stuff. Mm-hmm. The the basement area with a monster you cannot see splashing in the water is terrifying. And then later on, the sounds they make when you start reading descriptions of things. I remember him reading a description of the brazen bowl where you would take people, put them inside, seal it up and light them on fire, and the moans they would make would come out of the bull's mouth and make the sound, and he did this, and he doesn't remember doing it. It, it used amnesia as a mechanic very well. I don't think it's aged terribly well. It hasn't. To be completely it, it, it honest. It hadn't even aged well at the time. These were ug- Amnesia games were ugly when they came out. Um, and, and they haven't. I mean, Soma is a very different game. Uh, Machine for Pigs is good, but not as frightening. And and the new Amnesia game was was, was all right. So so Frictional needs to find something new to do. But Dark Descent is really good. Um, no surprise here. My number two is Silent Hill Two. Mm-hmm. Equally the most depressing game I have ever played. Mm-hmm. But that thing nails the mood so well. And you look back at it the now. The original and, release, we should clarify, Lister. Yes, yeah, the original PlayStation 2 release. Not not to the HD remixes, because they screwed a fog up on them. But it's... That is one of the only games that has ever actually given night, me nightmares. There's a sound that Pyramid Head makes when he's dragging his giant blade yeah. along the ground. Yep. And I would hear that, like, in my head in the middle of the night. Just because it's a perfect, it's the sound was just ah. Anyway, um, and my number one is actually Fatal Frame Two. Okay. Because it forces you to do what the what the frictional horror games want you not to do. Oh. So the frictional games want you to not look at the bad guys. Don't look at the bad guys. Don't look at the monsters because our character models aren't very good. But because it gives you you lose sanity looking at the monsters. Don't look at the monsters. What does Fatal Frame do? You have this camera, and you have to look at the ghosts, and you have to get that motherfucker centered and get a picture of it to defend yourself. You have to look at the evil to make it go away. And it's so different than most other horror games of like trying to hide stuff that it just it just it gives you the, the willies. It's just I mean, and the second one is better than the first. Third and fourth are not nearly as good. Um 
Actually, the fourth one I haven't even played. And Fatal Frame 2 was one of the games where I don't often feel like jump scares are handled in a clever way in games. Mm -hmm. In Fatal Frame 2, it was consistently fucking brilliant with how it handled that shit. Like, you'd be walking around in the traditional kind of Resident Evil style where you walk over here and the camera shifts behind you. And that camera shift suddenly shows you that something was standing right fucking behind you and you never saw it. The entire time. Yeah. It it was so good. Yeah, Fatal Frame 2 was... And, and it helps that it was, I mean, it's not a traditional Western horror. It's a very Japanese horror game. The monster, the ghost designs are very Japanese. So there's little, that kind of unfamiliar feeling to it as well. But, and you're playing as a teenage girl is no defense, so that doesn't help. But, but at but the same time, there was, there's something about Fatal Frame 2 that just kind of feels very primal. It taps into mm-hmm. like a really primal human fear of, you know, something on the other side of the wall looking at you. You know, mm-hmm. like it's... I don't know how it does it. It's amazing. So, side note, PT, that playable, the playable mm. teaser, does some of that. Mm. That one doesn't count because it's not a full game. But somebody hacked that game and freed the camera up. So you kind of go behind your model. Okay. The ghost that shows up once in a while is always behind you. <laughs> in the game, it's modeled. She's always there. But you can't see it unless she shows up. So I don't know if that does anything, but it's just like, wait, really? She's actually always there following you around? But So that's my four. Soma, Dark, Amnesia, Dark Defense, Descent, Silent Hill 2, Fatal Frame 2. Respectable. Hmm. Alex, hmm. since you're back. Yes. So, number four, Dead Space 2. What? Yes. Action game. What are you talking about? Is it? Well, it's an action horror in the same way that, like, Aliens is an action movie. Yeah. I mean... Okay. Is that the one with the eyeball? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. (laughs) It also is one of those games where, like, it feels like everything in the game is trying to kill you. Everything. Everything you interact with is screaming at you. Either mechanically or, you yes, know. Yes, the doors shriek open. It's in Dead Space. I you have, never get used to that. <laughs> like, I, part of the requisite for getting on this list is have I had a nightmare that was ripping it, like, you know, <laughs> precognizant of this game? And yes, I have had dreams about the freezer sections of Dead Space 2. Yeah. <laughs> was Dead Space 2 the babies? Yes, it was. One? Oh, see? I, okay. <laughs> That's some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Baby grenades. Remember them? Oh, yeah. Horrible cries. This is like a nursery you go through. Yeah, you do. And then there's toddlers in the school. God, yeah. They're going through the school. Fuck. Yeah, you see, you blocked it out. And then, um, oh God, what was her name? She's Chloe in uh, Uncharted. Mm Mm-hmm. Is she? No, she's not. Yes, yes. Different actors. No, same actor. It is not. <laughs> I will say that the um, I don't know what it is, but like the Dead Space Two, that monolith thing with the two prongs mm-hmm. on it, mm, marker. Something about that just looks wrong. Yeah, the marker's wrong. Yeah, it just looks like it, it, even just looking at that makes you feel I, uncomfortable. I always saw it. And I, it felt like you know a DNA helix to me. Yeah, okay, makes sense because you're the necro whatevers are taking over stuff. All right, Dead Space Two. Dead Space Two. <laughs> um, number three, Amnesia. Again. The Dark Descent? The Dark Descent. Yeah, yeah, the other ones are not. And they ask, like, what 
made it scary. And for me, it was the first game I'd seen that had nailed like realistic low light vision. Like everything like we gets kind of blue and you can make out shapes, but that's about it. And yeah, it didn't look great for the time, but I've never seen a game. Every other game just makes like either you see what's in the light or you don't. And I like that it gave you a chance to try something different and like, I don't know. That's something I remember and I haven't touched that game in like eight years. Did you ever make the mistake of actually getting close to one of the monsters? Yeah, no, they look like shit. Yeah, they look terrible. They look awful. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2 gets there because I have never hated anything more than going in the hole in the prison. <laughs> it is. It asks you, "Hey, here's this awful hole. That's the only way out of here, and this is the worst part of the game you've been in." Remember that th- there's like a thing in the prison that's like walking around the upstairs, kind of moaning, and you're just wondering when is that thing gonna j- jump down and fuck me up? When is that thing gonna do anything? And it never does. Nope. You can't see there. it. It's it's it has a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to it. It's called the Prisoner, and it does nothing. And it's just ugh. And it gets bonus points for being like, if I can explain a game to my sister at like Thanksgiving or something while having a drink, and I say like Silent Hill 2, and she's like, oh yeah, Pyramid Head. That means that at some point on the internet, she scrolled by Pyramid Head and was like, what the fuck is that? And bothered to Google it. And as gamers, we need to be proud of that. That's good yeah, design. It was, it was kind of... Um... Silent Hill Two specifically kind of crossed genre lines. I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean the game itself. I mean its audience, where it yeah. it somehow found a larger audience than the horror market uh, will usually bear. It became part of the popular culture, and that's why Pyramid Head exists in that movie. Just because you got to have. Them. And maybe this is cheating. I don't know. It's it's what game scared you the most? Like what game had like did your actions have consequences that honestly made you nervous to the point where like you kind of I kind of uh, sprained my foot. I was kind of like on my knees because I'm like tapping it really hard. <laughs> okay. XCOM two. Uh, okay. The zombie sections of, of, of XCOM two are in some nerve wracking shit. And even if you're a scame, safe scumming POS like me, you can get cornered real quick if you don't pay attention. And I've never been more scared of losing some good men and women out there <laughs> than an XCOM 2. Like, genuinely afraid. Because like, if I lose these two guys, I have to train up. I'm going to lose so much money over such a long amount of time. Like, It's rare in gaming you feel real pressure and guilt. And I take notes when I do. And XCOM 2 is so nerve-wracking, I will never... I guess, like, War of the Chosen specifically. I've only played War of the Chosen all the way through twice. That's how nerve-wracking it is. I loved it. I don't know if I'm going to... I don't know if I'm going to do it again. Being forced to do something horrible uh, brings to mind uh, Alice Madness Returns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that game definitely had a lot of horror to it. Um, definitely psychological horror, but it's not on my list. Yeah. It's not on my list. You took Resident Evil 4 off your list, Alex. I did. In favor of XCOM 2. I did, because I realized, eh, it's, it's, that is more actiony and less horror-based. Yeah, You but had a point. But it's, uh... 
No, I was just fucking with you, man. I was just breaking your balls. I think it was a fine choice. No, I, yeah. I think you had a point. No. The old... No, it's a fucking classic. Resident <laughs> Evil 4 is a fucking horror but classic. But it's not frightening. Resident Evil 4 is never actually frightening. I agree. I disagree. Did you not play the village sequence at the very beginning? I did. And... It's not frightening. It's tense, but it's not frightening. No, I found it frightening the first time I played it, definitely. That, fuck was, that was some white-knuckle shit. The only Resident Evil game that's actually frightening at all is 7, and even that one's like, eh. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, even um, even 8, there was never a moment when it didn't feel gamey. You know? Well, the giant fetus in the puzzle house was a Yeah, but that was the worst part of the fucking game. It was. It was so boring. <laughs> I, I couldn't else. play through it twice. Chance was right. <laughs> yeah. And I did play through it twice. This way I could get like a Magnum and just fuck all these guys apart. <laughs> but then I bet I didn't even finish that playthrough. I got the Magnum and I was like, ah, okay, everything just dies. <laughs> Alright, so two duplicates so far between the lists. Alright. <clears throat> I'd say we're doing pretty good. Better than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I didn't I didn't list mine like, you know, number one to four or anything like that. I just listed the four. Okay. Fatal Frame 2 and Crimson Butterfly mm-hmm. was never off my list. <laughs> if you're making a list of the greatest uh, horror games of all time, Fatal Listener on the PS2, Fatal mm-hmm. Frame 2, Crimson Butterfly. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it would still to this day fuck you up mm-hmm. uh, if you play that late at night in the dark. Um, absolutely. Headphones. Um, Gotta do headphones in that one. <laughs> And then I'll get I'll get to my weird personal choices in a moment, but Dead Space Two, a hundred percent, Alex, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I think there's an argument to be made that maybe Dead Space One was scarier than Two. Maybe. I think that Two was a better game in every single direction than. Yeah, because you Space care 1. about Isaac finally. You do care about Isaac, and you have um, and and to me, it was that moment at the very very end of the game that recalled the ending of the first game. Yeah. And even though Ellie has been through all the trauma of this game with you, uh, she doesn't understand how what she just said reminds you of all the trauma of the first game. It was fucking brilliant. There were too many brilliant moments in Dead Space 2 for it not to be on the list. Okay. And just some real fucking good monsters. Great monsters. Yeah. Great monsters, great action. You And this, this wonderful, uh, horrific world with technology while there to save you is also what can totally fucking kill you. And one of the best secret weapons of all time. Which one? The foam finger. I never used it. What? There's a foam finger, and it, like, moves things with telekinesis, and when you shoot it, you go, boom, 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 and all fire is bang, 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 bang. I did not know that. That's awesome. fantastic. I never got that. I was always just a plasma cutter, and there was the one thing that does, like, a huge amount of damage at a single point. What was that? Oh, the contact beam. Yeah, the contact beam. I love the contact beam. Um, then a lot of people didn't play this game. Um, but I have always said that. Does it rhyme with Byron Tudlers? What game are you thinking of? Siren Blood Curse. Yes, actually. Siren Blood Curse. Did you play it? No, but I know you love it. I absolutely love Siren Blood Curse. Siren Siren Blood Curse is actually made by the same studio that did Gravity Rush. Um, oh jeez, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was SCE Studio Japan, and the there was an internal studio called Studio Siren, um, 
that was made of a lot of ex-Silent Hill staff. In fact, I believe it's the same composer. Siren Blood Curse is about a town that's been locked in time um, due to due to this horrific shit that turns everyone into zombies. And unlike every other zombie game out there, every single one of the dead people in Siren Blood Curse had an internal monologue that you could listen to. Um, you could get to know these people like the nurse would would sit at her station writing her notes worrying about the doctor she's she's undead she's a zombie and if she sees you she's coming to kill you but otherwise she's still herself there was some and the deeper you get into the game and the longer the game goes the more the townspeople transform into these awful bug-like creatures because the thing that's creating the immortality in the town is this horrible, like, insect god. Um, Siren Blood Curse was, for me, the last great survival horror game. There's never been one since. And because the game itself is a constant, like, Groundhog Day or Ouroboros loop, you have to play through it multiple times, doing multiple things, to finally unlock the true ending. It's, uh, it was a wonderful farewell to that entire genre to me. There are multiple Siren games, are there not? Yes, but that was the good one. And okay. there, there were some on PS2, but fuck, that game was hard. The PS2 game, uh, I think there might have been two on PS2, actually. Uh, what was really cool about them on PS2 was their facial animations were made of a bunch of individual photographs of actors' faces. And it was oh. like projected onto the mesh of the model. So the the facial animations and expressions in Siren, in the original Siren games were pretty incredible compared to anything else that came along. Um, the graphics for Blood Curse were exceptional for the time. The art direction was fucking amazing. Yeah, there was another one, Forbidden Siren 2, which did not come out in the States, and then Siren Blood Curse. Well, there's three of them. Yeah. Okay. And I, I... Okay. And then for the last one, I was kind of bouncing around because, to me, horror is not just being scared, although that's obviously an aspect of it. To me, there's also... Uh, kitsch horror there's comedy horror mm -hmm. and I, I fucking love that shit and so I wanted to fit Dead Island or Dying Light somewhere into this list but if we're actually talking about the best horror experiences in video games uh, you're right Chamberlain I have to say Alien Isolation mm. I really do the the tenseness of the stealth in Alien Isolation um, the unpredictability of the creature and the uh the exceptional production values of the world and the art direction and the sound design and just everything in the presentation of that game. It's absolutely one of the best horror games ever made for me. That life. is a modern classic. It really is. Yes. I, I will not take anything away from that game. Do you think that game lost its steam when there were multiple aliens? When at the end suddenly there's like a whole pile of them? Um, yeah, but as a narrative, I liked that aspect of it. And yeah. there was, there was um, and now you're having to navigate instead of having to navigate in an area being terrified of this one fucking thing in the vents, now you're terrified of these five things and you've <laughs> got to get past all of them. So it, it I, I didn't mind it as a as a kind of ratcheting up of both the gameplay mechanics and, and the narrative. Yeah. Um, so what that gives us is a list of Dead Space 2, Fatal Yeah, so the, the, the ones with consensus, two, um, yeah, Amnesia, Dark Amnesia. Descent, Silent Hill 2, Fatal Frame 2, Dead Space 2. A lot of sequels. Amnesia, Oh, yeah, you both had Silent Hill 2. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Silent Hill 2. And there's four of them. Amnesia, Silent Hill 2, Fatal Frame 2, 
Dead Space 2. I, okay, as someone who never played Amnesia, I'm sad that Amnesia's on this list. Everything I've ever seen of Amnesia was like, nah, I'm not playing that. <laughs> it it, it kind of had to play it at the right time. Yeah, and You I did, did and you had to play it. Here's the thing. You had to play it on PC at the right time. Because mm-hmm. there's something about that being close to the screen that worked better with that one. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Because I tried replaying it. I mean, oh, it, no. It's a pretty good Cthulhu story. It is. Absolutely it is. That kind of that kind of bridges the gap a little bit. They'll remake it. Don't worry. It'll be a VR tech demo. <laughs> so someone someone make it in, in Unreal Engine five. That might actually make some money. I guarantee it'll happen at some point. That's too. Uh, who knows if Friction will do it though? I don't know if they're doing anything else because I don't know if that last Amnesia game actually sold. I, it most certainly did not. It might be too it late. Wasn't, for that it wasn't studio. good. Yeah. Does that? Uh, I mean, it's time for headlines. I think it is. I believe so. Headlines. In entertainment news, we got a lot this week. Mm. Uh, Seth Rogen's Sausage Party is getting an animated sequel series on Amazon. Mm. Interesting okay. to note, the Canadian animation uh, uh, business changed its laws following the original Sausage Party because of the incredible uh, abuse of overtime that the studio was subjected to in Vancouver. Oh, they, so some good did come out of yes, that movie. Seth Rogen treated well. Apparently, the animators were treated so poorly it changed the laws in Canada. Uh, <clears throat> this was a lot of fun. After a bunch of anti-Semitic crap this week, Kanye West was dropped by his publicist, a few companies, and most notably Adidas, which was founded <laughs> by a guy who had manufactured equipment for the Nazis. My favorite quote about this event is this. <clears throat> Yee was dropped relatively quickly by brands and platforms for his anti-Semitic comments, and rightfully so. Powerful white people who traffic in anti-Semitism and anti-blackness, Tucker Carlson, Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene, gain more power from it. It really struck me that Kanye West immediately felt consequences for anti-Semitism, a black guy. And he's by far one of the, he's not by any means the loudest anti-Semitic voice in the no. States. He just no, happens no. to be black. Um, so at the, while I agree that anti-Semites should be probably be deplatformed because they're spreading violent hate speech and, you know, hate crimes is not good. Um, I, I like to go on record. Hate crimes are not cool. Yeah, hate crimes are not cool. <laughs> but uh, it, it'd be just nice if, that we, was up in the air. if we also held some white people to account for it as well. The fact that it he would also was held nice. accountable feels racist to me. I'm not saying let him do it. Absolutely not. But, you know, he's not the only one to clean up <laughs> by a long measure. Uh, the next day, he walked into Skechers headquarters yes. uninvited and was quickly escorted out. He wanted to find a new home for his sneakers. Uh, Skechers, notably, was founded by and is still run by a Jewish family. Well, I'll do some research. The, the man does his homework, Jeez. apparently. Man. <laughs> Kate Blanchett is on Hot Ones this week. She is fabulous. She is. She does a wonderful job. I actually watched this episode this afternoon. I, 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 I watched it as well, and yeah. she, uh, yeah. Yeah, she, I want to know what she was eating. She was obviously eating, like, vegan. Um, I, yeah, it was probably, like, a vegan chicken thing. I do like that they don't even bother announcing what they're eating. It, does, it doesn't matter. It's got the hot sauce on there. Just let's do the questions. Um, HBO's The Last of Us is the largest TV production in Canadian history, generating over $147 million in Alberta, a province which really doesn't need more money. There are Texas. Apparently, the show's budget exceeds $7 million per episode. Jeez. Kind of makes me want to watch the show. I don't really feel any desire to watch the show, do you guys? 
Not really. Not and I really. loved loved Chernobyl. I I loved The Last of Us. I fucking yeah. loved the <laughs> shit out of that game. I'm kind of amazed that I'm not. And I like uh, Pierre, uh, Pedro Pascal. Who doesn't like Pedro Pascal? No one. He's best He's friends in that in that movie with with. Um... Do I haven't seen Paddington too? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the title for that Horizon Zero Dawn TV show is Horizon 2074. 2074 is the year in the Horizon games when the Earth fell to the machines. So Aloy's not in it. No, not at all. Well, okay. not directly. And I, I, I th- well, the Doctor could be in it, who's the same. Yeah. But anyway. But then you could cast Ashley Birch in it. <gasps> yes, you could. Ooh. Okay, I would watch that. <clears throat> James Gunn and Peter Safran, who produced uh, Shazam and The Conjuring, will become co-CEOs of DC Studios and run the DC-verse. That's fucking remember awesome. When, remember when Nazis tried to get him fired off of Guardians 3 and made him head of DC? That's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, so yeah, getting fired off Guardians, uh, uh, getting fired temporarily from Marvel was fucking the best thing that ever happened to James Gunn. I thought he's coming back for like one, the third Guardians movie. Yes. Yeah, he is. And he also made a Christmas okay. special. Yeah, he got rehired. Yeah, I saw the That's him? for that. Yeah, he's doing that. I didn't know he did that, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't interested in that until I saw the commercial, and I was like, okay, that looks fun. And that's the thing about James Gunn. Everything he does is fun. It's always fun and entertaining to watch. Fucking Peacemaker, the recent Suicide Squad, both of the Guardians movies, uh, and then I go back to like Slither and Super. James Gunn is consistently entertaining. So in that trailer was Kevin Bacon. Yeah. The best take I heard saw this was imagine what this does for the six degrees of Kevin Bacon game. Yep. Yeah. It's he's in the multiverse now. Yep. <laughs> uh, this was an actual cosmopolitan headline from this week. Now that House of the Dragon is over, I'll say it. Incest fantasies are hot. <sighs> And when I saw that, okay, so then I, I saw that, checked that it was real. Turns out it was real. And by the time I checked back, they had deleted that tweet and that and the link to the article. Uh, um, we are Rome, aren't we? We're, know, Rome. But... we're the waning days of Rome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're totally late-stage capitalist dystopia. And again, I want to suggest that House of the Dragons, casual treatment, perhaps even exploitation of how it presents incest is harmful to society. (laughs) Um, I'm not trying to kink shame anyone. If you go anywhere that caters to fantasies, weirdly enough, a very great deal of content tends to be stepdad, stepmom, stepsister, step, stepbrother. And I'm not trying to say, Oh no, you shouldn't, you know, flick your bean to that. But this is but nor, nor, but normalization of it. Um, I have to think is could potentially create harmful outcomes. It it's doesn't... important to note that a lot of people are victims of sexual abuse, and almost all of those cases, they are family members or people otherwise very well known to them. Right. This doesn't feel organic to me. If that makes sense. How so? Go ahead. Like it, it feels like. Not a concerted effort, but it's enough rich people running enough of these shows to be like, hey, I need to make my kink more mainstream. I don't know, man. That, that feels kind of conspiracy theory-ish to me. Yeah. I mean, I and, and I know that the argument for this show is that 
they said in all of the Game of Thrones books that the, the Targaryens intermarried repeatedly. They did. Like, that's why they're all they all have the white the white hair. Um I just wish there were I, I wish it wasn't shown as a non-issue in the show. That bothers me. The power dynamics weren't discussed enough. Um. Yeah, that was really fucked up too. She was a fucking teenager. Yeah. And this guy who's literally her dad's age, and happens to be her uncle. Like ah fuck, let's get away from this. Yep. Talk yeah, about this it's shit gross. Anymore. It's icky. It Barbarian. This year's kind of standout horror movie, following X is 92% on Rotten Tomatoes and is currently available on HBO Max in the States and Disney Plus in Canada as of yesterday. Totally watching that this weekend. I've heard nothing but spectacular things, but don't spoil yourself, apparently. Yeah, I already know how it goes. I made the mistake of looking up. It's just... So I will say nothing. Apparently, I, I, I can see why people would like that. Okay, don't spoil shit for me. I'm I just going to enjoy this shit. <clears throat> in Overwatch news, people are a little disappointed in the Halloween event. You, you don't say. I say. I say a lot. Um, now, classically, when uh, a seasonal event would come along, there'd be this little arcade mode they would add, and they would, and you'd get eight legendary skins that you could obtain from loot boxes that you earned by playing the game, or that you purchased through coins that you could fairly easily earn by playing the game. In this event, there are two new legendary skins. Two new skins, period, pretty much. There's also a free one that they're giving away because we fucked up the launch for Reaper. But everyone wants the Kiriko Rich skin, Witch skin. If you want to buy that skin, um, the only way to get it, first of all, is to buy it. It's technically on sale for these coins that you can earn like 50 a week if you do all the challenges. So if you've been playing Overwatch 2 for the past 30 weeks... 30 weeks? 60 weeks. Jeez. If you've been playing Overwatch 2 for the last... Oh, Jesus, how many? Hang on. Uh, 50... 2600 divided by 50. 52. <laughs> so if you've been playing Overwatch 2 for the past full year, <laughs> and you've earned 50 <laughs> coins a week, you could earn potentially 60, but no one ever does. Most people just get the 50. If you've been playing Overwatch 2 for the past year, you can afford to buy this skin. Otherwise, if you're in Canada, it's 30 bucks. If you're in the States, it's 26 If you're in South America, it's $40. Oh. <laughs> it can Fucking only hell. be purchased by part of this pack of stuff that contains the Kiriko skin and this other shit you probably don't want. But one of the other things that you can get in the pack is a little black cat going, meow. And it's like a, it's like a weapon charm. And I'm like, I haven't seen a weapon charm that I would put on anyone, but I would put that weapon charm on my weapons. But I'm not paying $30 fucking dollars for it. Don't do it. Some people in the community are really upset that there's so few new stuff in the event, unlike all previous events. Some people in the community are upset at the ridiculous prices for cosmetics. Uh, if you want the, uh, what's the, the other screen is Junker Queen, that's 20 bucks. Some people are going out of their way to harass players who are wearing paid, the paid skins in the game and thus supporting Blizzard's ridiculous practices. And I don't... Agree. That's a little far. Yeah, that's I don't not agree with fault. harassing anyone on on account of this. I would just say just don't buy it if that's your bag. Which is one hundred percent my bag. Although, in game, if I play with a Kiriko, you know how you could endorse players on the enemy team or on your team in Overwatch. Yeah. In Overwatch Two, you can only endorse players on your own team. 
and you only get two endorsements to give out for some reason. Um, I will never give an endorsement to a Junker Queen or a Kiriko wearing one of those paid fucking skins. I just can't do it. That's the only way <laughs> that I kind of re- that I will I'll respond to it. It's fairly passive, but understandable. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, online features. That's all. This said, every night I'm still playing Overwatch Two with my brother, and we're still having. Fun. But you're not spending any money on it. Thereby, you are stealing from Activision, and I approve. No, How no, no. I, I paid. I paid for the Watchpoint pack months ago. I paid them oh. forty bucks well before this game came out. Um, okay. And so I get this battle pass, and I think the two thousand gold that's also in the pack. I think that'll buy me the next two seasons of battle passes. But by the time the by the time that gold runs out, I'm probably going to keep buying into the battle passes. I don't know that my brother will, but I probably will. Right. Just because I got this new Tracer highlight intro, and I wouldn't have got it without the battle pass. And I really like the highlight intro. Uh, ta-da. Online features for Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin, are back up and running. The base version's multiplayer will be, quote, available at a later date. God, I just started playing that again, too. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. More of like to see how it would run, but then I was like, oh, there I go, killing the last giant again. <laughs> so it runs well? Oh, it runs perfectly, like butter. God, that's sexy. It, it compresses the textures to a, such a... Mm, looks so good now. I think I did play a little bit of Dark Souls on Switch. Pretty sure this version. Yeah, there's uh, just the first one. Yeah. Uh, Darkest Dungeon 2 entered its early access one year ago this week. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. That definitely happened, Alex. 100%. No, like, here's hoping it it comes out this year and it's done. I don't care when it comes Mm. out. They're going to keep adding shit to it. Um, And it's gone through a great deal of growth over the past year and just become better and better and better with every iteration, particularly this Candle of Hope update. The Candle of Hope update revitalized the game for me. If you could give it work, No Man's Sky's work ethic, could would you? Wow. What do you mean? Like, if I could... If, if you could make sure that it? they would update it for, like, six years in a row, would you no, Would you like that? No, 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 because there does come a time when the cake is baked. And in the case of the first game, they almost kind of went too far with it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you did not like those mosquito people. No, I loved the mosquito people. I didn't like the... Um, the Mechanics color, around the it. The color out of space people. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the color out of space thing I really didn't like. It was just like an endless grind mode. And I understand that the combat in Darkest Dungeon is a lot of fun, but I just, at no point did I start enjoying it. I really didn't. Anyway. And not only that, but the longer these games get, the more they tune it for the most uh, the most hardcore fans. And that's a little too hard. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're not sane. Yeah. Uh, da-da. Somerville, the next thing from Dino Patty, who is half of the team that made Limbo and Inside, is coming out on Xbox and PC on November 15th. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know if it'll be, you know, it, it, I'll be interested to keep an eye on that. I wonder if this guy was the talent in the studio that made those games great. And when I say great, I mean Limbo was great. <laughs> I, didn't yeah. think, I didn't think Inside was that great. Inside was interesting, not that great. Inside was really weird. It was really weird. The Callisto Protocol has been banned in Japan due to violence. What? I know, it hypes me for the Callisto Protocol. Yeah, really? It was also announced it went gold this week. Good. Well, banned is the wrong term. They, they gave the, the, the producers, take, take this and this and this out, and we'll let you bring it out. And they were like, nah. <laughs> 
R- write our ad campaign for us instead. There's a good boy. A hundred percent. Like, and not only that, but for gamers in Japan, this just made it like the most desirable game of the year. Yeah, they did. All they need to do is, you know, make sure it has Japanese language support and they can still play it. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. Uh, Xbox head Phil Spencer kind of walked back comments to keep the current prices of Xboxes. Quote, we've held price on our console. We've, we've held price on games and our subscription. I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. I do think at some point we'll have to raise some prices on certain things. But going into this holiday, we thought it was important to maintain the price. So there's a couple other things going on behind the scenes with this. Number one, Microsoft did not even come close to their goal for Xbox Game Pass subscription growth. I bet not. They are looking for 75%. They got 25%. But uh, the uptake on PC was huge, wasn't it? Yes, and that's where a lot of it came from. Um, and a the lot other part of that of is, 20%, huh? Yeah. And the other part of it is there are a lot of developers who are begging Microsoft to allow them to not have to support the Xbox Series S. Huh. Because that I've has become the albatross I've seen that on holding lately. games back. Yeah. yeah. So it would not be surprised to me, surprising to me if, if a couple of things happen next year. One, Series S goes away. Two, Game Pass is going to get more expensive. It also kind of bothers... I'm I'm kind of concerned about God of War in that respect, because Ragnarok is also on PS4. Yeah, <clears throat> but apparently the PS5 version looks gorgeous based on people who've done hands-on. By the way, there are hands-on impressions for Callisto Protocol out now. I haven't read any yet, but those impressions are now out. Mm. Uh, Meta reports it has lost over 9.4 billion dollars this year. Oh no! <laughs> that is the anyway. laugh of pure Schadenfreude. Oh, yes, I enjoy this. I'm going to savor that suffering. I, I can't seem mm-hmm. to bring myself to care about Facebook's money. Yeah. Uh, the PlayStation Plus games for November are Neo 2, Lego Harry Potter Collection, and Heavenly Bodies. Man, I'll, I'll check out Neo 2 for free. Fuck. Yeah, for free. I, I, I would probably toss that into my library. The Lego games I don't really give a shit about. What, what is no, Heavenly I do Bodies? Not. Isn't that like a zero I don't know what that thing? is. Heavenly Bodies is, okay, it's not a J- Japanese game, first of all, listener. It's not one of those. It's like a, I'm pretty sure it's like a puzzle comedy zero gravity thing. Oh, yeah, there we go. It's on Steam. It's an um, A game about cosmonauts, the body, and the absence of gravity. Discover the ever-changing nuances of weightless motion in this challenging dot, dot, dot. Challenging physics Very positive game. reviews on stream. Well, actually, overwhelmingly positive. Well, Steam. For all reviews on Steam. Let's, let's go to Metacritic and get some real information. Metacritic. 75. There we go. Yeah. Right. Ooh, 84 on PC, but that's only four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 75 on PlayStation. Free is free. Uh, da, 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 da. Rocksteady co-founders Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker, who helped create the Arkham series, are leaving the studio for, quote, a new adventure in gaming. And this is just prior to the release. Like, they're doing the final polish on the Suicide Squad game. Burned them out. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe they're just like, I don't know. I, I, I read all the all the press releases on it and I was trying to to get some subtext in it to really understand what happened and why they made this choice and really it was clean as a whistle <laughs> like there was <laughs> nothing to infer from anything that they said they've been at the studio for a while uh, CD Projekt revealed that its project codenamed Canis Majoris is a remake of the first Witcher game in Unreal Engine 5 with a studio called Fool's Theory um, that's it, the one that could use the remake because Witcher a, 1 is not good no it's not but the story is no. okay yeah 
Yeah, but they'd have to like you'd have to do more than just slap it into Unreal Engine Five with the same mechanics. Oh no, 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 no from the ground the up. Yeah, and that's what they're doing. Well, and that could be like pretty good if it's a real remake and not just a remaster. It would have to be from the ground up. It is yeah, beyond archaic. It, it it looks like wow. It wasn't good when it came out. I no, it, it, it wasn't. No, it it's was. a PS2. It was a PS2 no, looking wasn't. ass game. It was never good. Yeah, but it came out on the original Xbox, didn't it? I no, think so. But no, it did not. Oh wow! The original so just Witcher PC. never had a console release. Just PC. Mm. Yep. Yep. And it wasn't good then. Uh-uh. Uh, Bayonetta three is sitting at eighty eight percent on Metacritic. <sighs> we can well, like Bayonetta. Who's flying to the moon? Jennifer Hale says it's okay. Okay. I mean, I'm still I don't... not going to buy it because they want like 80 bucks for a fucking Switch game. I'm not doing that. But 74 critics and an 88%. That's... It's hard to find my Switch, to be completely honest. I'm not sure where it is. <laughs> it's, it's wherever it is, it's dusty. Yeah, that's true. Fallout 4 will receive a free next-gen upgrade in 2023 for Series X, Series S, PlayStation 5, and PC with performance modes, quality modes, bug fixes, and Creation Club content. It already runs pretty damn great on the Steam Deck. I wonder if that would make me go out to... Well, the thing is, I don't think the atmospheric effects in Fallout 4 are very strong. But on a handheld? Man, well, that, that was good. On a handheld, yeah, it'll, you know, 720p screen will cover up a lot of issues. Um, but on PC, like, if you were to send me back into Skyrim, the atmospheric effects of just the wind in Skyrim and the mists and the clouds in Skyrim yeah, kind of still make it just... cool. If you just make Fallout 4 sharper, it's not going to be a better, better looking, I don't think. <laughs> that Silent Hill 2 remake trailer we saw last week was all running in-engine. That's how Believed the game it. actually looks. Looks pretty good. Yeah, that was clearly yeah. gameplay when he walks out of the gas station. Yeah, but the, yeah. the whole part with the hand, if you'd have told me that was pre-rendered, I'd believe it. Oh, it pushes against his hand yeah. and his skin moves? That's, yeah. that, is, that just looks great. That's just great that animation. That pause for what they're going to do with that because it is a Silent Hill game. Icky. (laughs) Oh, that's not going to be out next year. That's going to be, that's going to be 2024. Oh, Oh, no. I just remembered the wall vaginas. I don't, I (laughs) still don't remember the wall vaginas. Oh, dear. Hang on, let me Google that. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. Be very careful with how you look that up. Safe search on, my friend. What's safe search? Flesh Coward. lips. Silent Hill wiki. Flesh lip. Silent Hill. Lustful lip is a monster and a boss in Silent Hill 2. I don't remember these things. I went, st- I, I went straight for wall vagina. See, yeah. to me, it just looked like... Oh, oh, oh. Oh, 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 yeah. There it is. It's, it looks more like a mouth than a... Well, come on. Me. No, I don't. I mean... I'm not saying there's not fun things you can do with a mouth. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, to the listener, I must apologize. Last weekend, I told you that Wendell and Wilde was out on Netflix last weekend. I was wrong. It's November. Google fucking lied to me. It's not. It's not? No. I think it's this weekend. What am I? Oh, I'm sorry. Pinocchio is November. Yeah, Pinocchio. Which also looks... Oh, wow. It's gotten... It's dropped to 78 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, no. Go click. Pinocchio or Wild and Wild? Wild and Wild. Oh, no. But still, it's 80%, basically. I mean, it's, it's a Selleck joint. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it. 
release date September 11th at TIFF. Okay, we're a little wild on Netflix. Sorry, Netflix when? It says, okay, now it's saying October 28th. So yeah, this weekend apparently. So let's go back to Kate Blanchett real quick. Mm-hmm. She has a voice. She's doing a voice in, in that Pinocchio. Yeah, she's a yeah. lady. And looking at her IMDb, first of all, there's a Borderlands movie coming out yeah. at some point. Yeah, and that's she's right. she's Lilith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Do you know who, you know who Claptrap is? That was announced a while uh, ago. That's Claptrap. Jack Black. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh. Yeah. He's doing a good Bowser. He is doing a good he Bowser. Is, he was the best part of that trailer, to be completely honest. He was pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I thought the penguins were pretty funny. You know who played the, the Koopa Wizard? Yield? Oh, Kamek. Yep. You know who's playing him? Bill Hader, I thought you said. It's Kevin Michael Richardson. Who's Kevin Michael Richardson? The principal from American Dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is in this, or in this Borderlands movie, too. Speaking of Jamie Lee Curtis, you know what you can't buy anywhere? Hmm. hmm. True Lies. Seriously, go to Amazon right now. Amazon. Yeah, no, you can't stream it anywhere either. Yeah. Why? What? What's? I don't know. Who owns? There's just lives? some of those movies that just like, why can't I watch that? You can get it on DVD for forty bucks. Uh, and yeah, the. Wizard... I, can, I got Blu-ray twenty four ninety nine right here. That's bullshit. <laughs> there was never a Blu-ray release of True Lies. That's a pirate. I'm, that's. A... I'm. I'm looking at it. Yeah, and I. Oh, it's. Oh, oh, you know what? It's an import from Spain. Exactly. Uh, like I was able to buy all of the Sailor Moons for my for my last girlfriend for like you know four hundred dollars off Amazon, and they were all just a bunch of clearly pirated discs from that someone had recorded off of um, broadcast TV. But it was also all of the Sailor Moons, <laughs> so she really appreciated it. But yeah, there is no Blu-ray release. There is no official Blu-ray Blu-ray release of True Lies. Maybe it's like a production studio that went under or something, and so no one owns the rights to it, or it was written. I can still get the VHS tape here for ten bucks. Not that I have a VSR, v- VCR anymore. Nobody does. Man, True Lies was so good. I was just reminded of the scene where she's walking down the hallway and she decides to wet her hair because she has to like she has to play this role in the room. In the stripper, yeah. Yes. yeah. It's a great movie. <laughs> All right. Well, happy Halloween, happy everybody. Happy Halloween. Kind of sucks it's on a Monday this year, but what are you going to do? It sucks. I have to wait another month to play Callisto Protocol. That's, yeah, that, is, I, that is true. I, I wish they could have. For God of War. Yeah, that God too. War. But not only that, but uh, even though these reviews are very good and it's been, been banned in Japan, which is awesome. I'm still waiting for reviews for Callisto Protocol. Oh, absolutely. I'm not, not going to buy that site. Like, what if it's like 10 minutes long or some shit? You could tell me it's 12 hours, and I'd probably still dig it as long as you're also telling me that it's an awesome 12 hours. Yeah. No, like, if it tells a complete story in like eight hours, I'm still down. And and if it's a game that kind of supports replay, then I, you know, I, I could really dig that. We'll mm-hmm. see. But I'll, I'll definitely wait for reviews. It looks. Incredible. It looks too good for a game. From exactly a, like how long studio. can they keep this up? An upstart studio. Yeah. 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 All right. In that case, Alex, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Chance, thank you for talking. My pleasure. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you in a week. Bye. Bye.